Well, this week on Reliving the Extreme, <laughs> we're pulling a double shift. Uh, we we had some scheduling conflicts last week, so we didn't get to do a show. So this week we're gonna we're gonna cover two episodes of ECW this week. The episode from May sixteenth, nineteen ninety five, and from May twenty third, nineteen ninety five. I am your host Nate Maxson, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Chad Austin. Dude, I slept for four days straight just for this marathon. Get in well, shape. I, as I look at my notes, I'm like, well, we could probably get one show out of these two episodes. We may not even go longer than we normally do. I don't know. But there's there's some good and some bad in these. So we'll just dig right into it. I, actually, before we do, before we do, one thing I wanted to mention. Um, of course, we are all remiss as yesterday as we record this, the passing of Jerry Jarrett. Um, Chad, did you ever work for Jerry? Yeah, pretty much indirectly. Like I, I did some of his um, spot shows that he may have been there, but he probably got there just to deal with the attendant, whoever paid, you know what I mean? Right. Like, to pay up, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was hands on in like Brownsville, Tennessee or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? He came in to probably deal with the box office. But yeah, I mean, I, I worked for him and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was never any problem. Like nobody ever was like, man, I hope we get paid today. It, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew when you went there, yeah, how much you were getting paid, and 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 places like that is where they still they still got paid off the houses, which is the e- the easy way out, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what you want to tell the workers: you're getting paid off the houses. Look at that house out there. Yeah, but they're like eighty percent free. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that that um. The 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 old timers dying away that that old style um, and Jerry Jarrett's responsible for a lot of good shit in the past that that we've all seen from Memphis and that area and um, well he 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 bridged um, I mean he is the bridge between um, pro wrestling and entertainment mm-hmm. sports entertainment he he's the guy that he you know. It's, cast the first brick on that bridge you know going back to the andy kaufman going back to uh, uh, muhammad ali yeah you know like all that all that stuff you know and even if you want to get hokey about it when jerry law wrestled dr frank you know like that was all the sports entertainment aspect of it and then don't forget the the realism of it you know the um what funk lawler like stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. brawl, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, all that crap. Like, I mean, you, you it would just imagine. I, I think I tweeted about it, posted about it, or whatever. About just imagine having to write not only fifty-two weeks of TV a year, but of live TV a year, and then having to book six days a week house shows yeah. that because of this of when they aired, they have to be a day behind. You know, you work, you work Memphis and then Coco Beware beats Buddy Landell for the Mid-American title. And then the people in like Louisville and Evansville and then Nashville weren't going to see it until the following week. So they were always a week behind, even when it came to the traveling house shows. Because if, if, uh, if Coco Beware beat whatever Buddy Landell for the Mid-American title, like they would have him beat him in every single town. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> because of the TV. So like, you know, so you keep, oh, so when you, when it, when the TV aired, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Kobe Ware beat him in, in whatever town. Yeah. And Henderson city and Nashville and Evansville. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot, a lot to juggle. And uh, another bridge kind of, you know, he was kind of the bridge from, like you said, from, from wrestling to sports entertainment plus, from uh, I guess what from the territory being the territory of Jackie Fargo to the territory be, of, be, of that being the territory of Jerry Lawler, you know. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm actually going to just like like defer to you more of that because I don't I don't really have a whole much of a history on that. Like I mean I, I know what I know, but it's nothing like you know. I've, I've seen the documentaries and all, but to me, I always feel like I'm just missing something. Like I can't, I can't figure, I can't really figure it out. I know Lawler wanted to be Jackie Fargo, but there was no Jackie Fargo in Jerry Lawler. I just, you know I mean, right. yeah. I just kind of like you have something, you want to steal something from a guy, but you don't even really know what it is. Yeah, you don't even know what you're. Yeah, you do. You're not. You're not like, doing a good job stealing it. Yes. Like he's probably saying, look, I mean, you're not going to get offended if I get over. You know, maybe maybe that's what it was. I'm stealing the fact that he's over. <laughs> he had permission for that. Aaron, do you have any thoughts on Jerry before we get into the ECW talk? Well, just that, I mean, if you want to take Bruce Pritchard or whatever with a grain of salt, I think that he's a liar, obviously. But um, who, Bruce Pritchard? Yeah. Well, what did Vince, he say? Well, he says that that um, when Vince thought he was going to get locked up, he had Jerry as the guy that was going to run his promotion for him if he, if he lost that steroid trial or whatever. You know what I mean? That's correct. So if Vince McMahon is like, I need this guy to run my shit while I'm locked up, I mean, it, it speaks volumes to what his mind thought or whatever in the wrestling business with thought of, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who who else was Vince gonna let run run his business? You know? Yeah, because there was really nobody working there at the time that I think he would have had the confidence in to do it to do so. Um, Gorilla was there, but you know, at that point in his life, Gorilla Monsoon doesn't want to run a damn wrestling company. No, you know, especially especially at that level. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's like this ain't fucking Pittsburgh. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what you had Watts, and you already gave Watts a chance, right? What? Yeah, good? Watts didn't. Watts did. Uh, that was before Watts. Watts came in in '95, and this was '94. But yeah, um, I mean, that's that's a that's a big fucking. I mean, just imagine one of you two fucking knuckleheads being being asked to go in and take over the uh, daily operations of the W fucking WWE. <laughs> like, would you even know where to begin? Like, what? 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 what can you show you where the Florida tapes are? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like, like that's all. That's all I'm going to do in my office is I'm going to sit back and watch Continental Championship Wrestling. Where's, where's the Yeah, where's the video library and where's the bathroom? Yeah. Like, what? How else would you guys take walking into that that office? At least I'll Triple take- H has been there for ages. I'll take the job, but Jim Ross is going to have to do the work because I can't do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Well, our our first episode. Oh, would you were you gonna say something, Aaron? Nope. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, our first episode of ECW that we're discussing is from May the sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. We open up with highlights of e- Dean Malenko wrestling Eddie Guerrero, and um, then Joey intros the show. They are in Tampa, Florida, for this one. Um, doesn't look as cool as the last one. <laughs> Yeah, Florida, Florida seemed to uh, kind of lose its luster after a while. Yeah. <laughs> as great as we put it over, at least as, as great as I put it over on previous episodes, now it's starting to look like a fucking outlaw one show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> though, the, <laughs> the arena they were in last time we discussed the show, it looked really cool, looked sharp, looked nice. This place looked like a dump. Yeah. Um, but they discussed the... Uh, the fo- they talked uh, footage from last week, the title match between uh, Cactus Jack and Sandman. And Shane Douglas is going to re- referee the main event for this week, which is going to be a rematch of Jack versus Sandman. And he brings Joey brings in Cactus Jack for a promo. Um, it's a good promo from Jack, pretty much talking about how Shane is a broken man because he has a weakness for the gold and he's not the champion anymore. Yeah, yeah I mean, not, not bad. I mean, I didn't think. I didn't think much of it. I say that I say to Aaron's point from the last time though is that like you said, Aaron, they've already announced that Shane's leaving. Yeah. Pretty much. So I mean what what re, what what motive does his character have for being champion? Well, here it is right here. They just gave it to you. The motive. Cactus Jack's figured it out. It's because Shane Douglas's real love is being champion, even if it's a company that he's leaving. He wants to be the That's what it was. I guess that's what Cactus Jack ascertained. <laughs> I just didn't think any of it made sense. I, I just didn't pay attention to any of it. Like I heard it, and I just figured it was Jack saying it, so it had to be something halfway decent. I, I, I just didn't understand the meaning behind it. But yeah, I guess you're right. Now that you mentioned it, that's um, cool. Yeah, I mean, and it, it it made it. That's that's what kind of triggered the thought in my head was, wow, they're making sense of what Aaron said just last week. Wasn't making sense. So. Good on them for correcting Aaron 30-some years later. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm fighting fighting the hole in the logic, it's fucked. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after the Cactus Jack promo, we get Joey back, and he's talking about the rivalry between Dreamer and – between Tommy Dreamer and Raven, and we're going to go to a match between Tommy Dreamer and Raven – it's it's all right. This Another shitty match. Good. Why don't you just say it? Another shitty match between Dreamer and Raven. <laughs> and then you're going to continue to say this for months on end. Another shitty match between Dreamer and Raven. Just get used to it. Practice it. Stand in front of the mirror and practice it. Another shitty match between Dreamer and Raven. That's <laughs> all they are. Where where what are they? It's a yeah. I mean, most most of their matches are like a. It's this weird thing where everything's happening but nothing's happening. I nothing. Don't, I don't, <laughs> They're all over the fucking building. Like they got like one of the. They should be wearing a Fitbit because they're putting in so many steps, just walking around the goddamn building doing fucking nothing. They could be doing macrame, you know, knitting a sweater or some shit, whatever. In the amount of time that they're walking around the fucking building. Count the fucking cinder blocks 
whatever. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. It always stunk, and it will stink for another two more years after this. Good lord, enough with these two fucking goose. It's it's the it's a case of with this rivalry. It's a case of you if you if you if you remove all the matches and just watch the story and the promos, it's pretty good. It's great. <laughs> then the, yeah, then the bell rings is the old it's expression. The best feud, it's the best feud modern modern wrestling history. If you if you take away the, if you all the minutes of them fucking in the ring, dicking around, doing whatever the fuck they're doing, and just take all that away. And just nip it down into a fucking Nirvana music video. It's it's one of the greatest stories of pro wrestling history. I, I mean, I've always said that. Um, even working there, and I don't even fucking like Scotty or fucking Richards. <laughs> and and uh, and I said it's the one of the best. Scotty's one of the smartest guys ever that, that I've ever been around. Hundred percent, no doubt, just no doubt. He he can make like he he he's a lot like me. And I'm not saying that I'm like one of the smartest guys. But I got, you know, 40 years of just watching wrestling that, you know, you kind of pick up stuff and then being in it. Yeah, you kind of learn some stuff. But Scotty's like, in my opinion, he's on a different level, man. He's a genius. Mm -hmm. He's an idiot, though. Aaron, your notes on this match? But no, like you guys said, the the angle's great. The matches are just there what they are. Um, Every match is the same. Um I did kind of like the fact the match just ended with the like they did all the brawling or whatever, and then it ended with the simple spot of Raven power slamming Tommy on the chair and pinning him. I kind of like that. It's always a DDT, isn't it? Is that what it is? It's always a DDT to finish. This one was a power slam. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Whatever. I mean. I always thought because Tommy Dreamer took the DDT too that I, I mean are using DDT too. I always thought that was the like the, the thing in, in the angle where he always ended the same. But whatever, no big deal. Yeah, and after oh, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was just gonna say after the match, Raven wins. Um, Stevie ends up spitting on Tommy Dreamer, and Dreamer ends up hitting him with a DDT. Um, he also hits the referee with a DDT, and then he gives uh, Beulah another pile driver, and then after that, Raven attacks, and then we get the ECW debut of Luna Vachon. Yeah, Luna, my girl. Luna Vachon, yes, and and the you know Tommy did the classic thing here when he pile drives Beulah, you know, show it to show her to each side of the arena, and then give her the pile driver. And then, like Aaron said, out comes Luna Vachon to help out Tommy Dreamer. And um, Luna, people don't talk about Luna enough, how good she was, at least in anything I listen to or, or consume. He, like she how just, good she was as what? A, just a, a manager, being, being, a worker, be, a promoter? Being, being a presence and being different. You know, she was just this entirely different woman <laughs> in the wrestling business there's no there's never been one like her and there never has there's never been one since yeah she has she's, she's so unique she's right up there with sherry yeah yeah you know i mean it's gonna be it, it would be hard pressed um you know everybody talks about their stupid mount rushmore so you know what i mean but it would be hard pressed mm-hmm. to not have 
you know, Luna on the Mount Rushmore of, of, of women's impact in the wrestling business, not just generalizing her as a manager or a wrestler or a valet, just her, her last name. That might get, that might let some clout. <laughs> yeah, now she's an idiot. And well, and, and she's also got that. Like I said, she's unique. So as a if you're presenting professional wrestling on TV, one of the things you want is someone that's on the screen that is somebody who doesn't watch professional wrestling is going through the channels, clicking through the channels with their clicker and oh, what the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this lady? You know, they might, you might, she might be a presence that gets somebody to stop and watch your TV show when she's on there. Well, I, I agree with that. I agree with that idea 30 years ago. Uh, I don't think it is anymore. I, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 30 years ago, nobody's just clicking through the channels anymore. 30 years ago, if you're not, if, you, if you're clicking through the channels, and you see Luna, you're not, and, and you know who she is. You're not even going. To go, you're not even going to go. Who's this lady? You're going to go. Who's that? Not <laughs> like, oh, that's a lady, dear lord. It's like, what's the fuck wrong with that dude? Yeah, and then you find out it's a fucking lady, and you're like, that is terrifying. <laughs> and then you see Bam Bam Bigelow, and you think it's some sort of whole entire gay thing going on there. Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna. <laughs> Good Lord, the gay, gay tribune. <laughs> well, the the Tommy and Luna have a kiss in the ring, and then we go to Tommy and Luna cutting a promo in the back. Um, and Tommy's being like put upon, put upon Tommy again, and he's trying to cut some fucking emo. <laughs> goddamn, I'm, I've been trying to beat this guy since I was in high school. And he's trying to be all fucking deep, and it doesn't fucking work. He stinks. And then Luna fucking rips it up, like <laughs> fucking destroys. On the, like her promo is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, how 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 much do you think that she sat there and had to sit there and listen to Dreamer do that promo? And how many times they probably had to do it before it was good enough for her to cut in. And when she cut in, she's like, shut the fuck up. Dumb. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're right, Aaron. Isn't it like how she came in? and was just like, let me show you how to do this. Yeah. She was stupid. I'd like <laughs> to order a pizza, pepperoni, extra cheese. <laughs> and Luna has to just jump in. Get out of here. You boob. We're getting extra sausage. Jalapenos. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers on it. Excellent. And they're like, we don't even sell jalapeno poppers. Fuck you, put jalapeno poppers on it. And, like, okay, and this is Taco Bell, by the way. Jalapeno poppers. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, sir. <laughs> Thank you for calling Taco Bell. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's Luna, man. That's Luna. And she was like that in real life. That's there, I I don't know I don't get it, like I don't know why how or how it ended up being that way. But that was like her voice. I I think maybe she had. Is it possible that you could have just been playing that voice so long that your voice turns into that? She started talking like yeah. that. Yeah, I've always yeah, wondered I mean, that I mean, too. It wasn't. It wasn't was like, as bo- it wasn't as boisterous. It wasn't as loud. Mm-hmm. But when she talked, she was Luna. You know, when she would even say good morning. It just sounded like Luna. 
So is that what it was? She had been doing it so long? Or maybe it was like Pillman where she had throat surgeries or something. I don't know. <laughs> or needed throat surgery. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like her back in the day, like her in- introduction of the wrestling, like her getting slapped by Sullivan. That's some of the most realistic shit ever. Well, he slapped the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, like that was that was good shit, and <laughs> and and I just I think she's an underrated person in annals of wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean that's why I put her in the same conversation with with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is, is she like not that the WWE Hall of Fame matters, but is she in the WWE Hall of Fame? I don't. No, I don't there's think there's so. no chance she is. There's that's no okay. chance she is. That's a fucking travesty, then, in my opinion. Uh, it won't be another fifteen years before she's probably before she's even on the on the ballot. Probably, it depends on. what I mean, name fourteen other girls before her. That's, that's the way it's going to be. Right. You know, they'll find they'll find another. Um, I promise you. I, I promise you, Michelle McCool will get into the WWE Hall of Fame before Lita does. I, I, think she I promise is. you that. I think she already is. <laughs> oh, she really is already. No fuck, I did. <laughs> She took no the girl who was Ivory. Ivory. Yeah, Ivory's Ivory's in. She's in too. Yeah. Uh, Well, Hollywood's not. (laughs) Other girl from Glow. Yeah, get her in there. I think the Midnight Express is that true? The Midnight Express going in this year? Mount Mount Fiji. What? Yeah, Mount. The, The Midnight Express are going in this year. That's a rumor. Cornette talked about it on his podcast. And he said nobody's called him. Oh, that how how recent is that? Uh, from the last week's drive-through, he said nobody. Oh. He said nobody's to his. And he said when when they asked him, he said just to put it in time perspective, he said when they asked me to induct the Rock and Rolls, they had asked me in December, and it's February, and nobody said anything to him about. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if he's kayfabe in it. Possibly. You know? Possibly. And he said, he he also said, he said, well, and also uh, Dennis has the the voice box thing. Stan Lane couldn't give two shits whether he's in the WWE Hall of Fame or not. And Bobby, he said, Bobby, the one who would actually get the tickle out of it isn't with us anymore. So, yeah, I I thought you were going to say Bobby didn't care. I was like, no, Bobby's not alive. Yeah, Bobby don't give a fuck anymore, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Bobby's acceptance speech would have probably been like, all right. Yeah, Cardi. Hey, Cardi. Anybody out here want to work? <laughs> yeah, he right. yeah he, he's always he's always like, "Hey, Cardi. Hey, Cardi. Hey, Cardi." Like, and, like, and nobody knows. Nobody around. And nobody knows where Norvell is. And fucking, there's no chance Norvell Austin is still alive. And I think Randy Rose died, didn't he? It's like Gary no. Wolf. He's been dead with Gary Wolf. I don't think I think Randy Rose is still alive, actually. Yeah. There's, there's a possibility that Randy King. Rose is still alive. Randy Rose is the Tiger King, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's the Tiger King. He looks like him. He could be the Tiger Jackson King. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of the Midgets. He's got he's got a bunch of trailers that back, but the midgets are in him. The Midget King. Yeah. Why isn't well, that a reality show? According to Wikipedia, the Tiger King Randy Rose is still alive. So, right. Tiger King Randy Rose. 
Uh, how old did he say it was? 55. He was born in 56. Oh, okay. Says here. <laughs> so he's not uh, 55. So he's like 67 now. Yep, Oof. 66. Retired in, still... 20, 20, retired in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. Randy Rose. Although yeah. he was, he was that angle with the Midnight Express, dude. That was the that was the last great argue with me. That was the last great angle of the NWA mm-hmm. on TBS was the Midnight and the Midnight angle. Like that had to have been. What other angle was there after that? Yeah, that, that was that anywhere was... near as impactful. And then they fucked it up somehow. Not not those guys, but I'm just saying. He said, and In then the end, they fucked it up. <laughs> In the end. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, and then they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of every great book. Well, after the Dreamer Luna promo, we get a promo from the Pitbulls who are uh, disguised, I guess you'd say, as well, the public saying, enemy. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we get a promo from the, the public enemy, but it's actually the Pitbulls. Yes. And they did a really good fucking job. They I did, know. because on my notes... I started writing. I started Anthony, writing. Anthony did a great job fucking mocking grunge. I thought. I totally agree. On my notes, I actually, the, before I scratched it out and wrote Pitbulls, I started writing Public Enemy promo. <laughs> yep, I totally agree, dude. Wasn't that the one where, where Johnny was has back turned or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And it, it was Anthony Durani and, and Gary Wolf. Like mimicking the pit bulls, and I thought, like when I saw it, I'm like, eh, like Gary Wolf, and I'm not knocking him because that's the prop they gave him, but it's like Gary Wolf's little hat didn't work, but fucking Anthony Durante did a great fucking Johnny Grunge and yeah, it was great, man. It was just retarded enough sounding that I thought it was Johnny Grunge. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, no, no shit. It makes a whole lot of sense because it was stupid. And that's the whole thing Public Enemy is based off of is their promos. I'm fucking grown man, for Christ's sake. Couple of fucking How many times did I go over this? These two fucking guys. They're punished. Well, the Pitbulls t- cut a promo about how they're, uh, they're wrestling the Public Enemy this weekend and they plan on becoming the ECW Tag Team Champions. And then we roll into our main event for this first show. It is the Sandman versus Cactus Jack for the ECW Championship with Shane Douglas as the referee. And kind of the story they're telling here, and, you know, you you watch the story build because Jack and Sandman, like I said prior episodes, every time we watch them wrestle, they are just beating the fuck out of each other, beating the fuck out of the crowd, beating the fuck out of the arena. And the story of this match is Shane wants them to have a wrestling match. Which is... And parameters... Well, I mean, what, what what does that speak right there as soon as you hear that? That makes Shane a huge heel because that's not what the ECW crowd wants to see these two guys do. Well, to me, it just speaks angle. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an angle. <laughs> I mean, you know, as soon as you strip everything down to the bare, to the bare thing, is yeah, it's an angle. And, of course, but Shane's out there with his little Speedos on, the white and black little – Zubas that are like spandex gimmick. It's like, yeah, this is, I mean, who didn't expect an angle to kind of come out of this somehow? Oh, yeah, Shane's gonna be, he's gonna be right down the middle, 
mean, it's what, 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 <laughs> what a ref he's going to be. Of course. You know what I mean? He was back, back. I saw him. I mean, I was there. I was backstage. Alfonso was teaching him, like, crash course on how to be a referee. You know, I mean, all that stuff. It was, yeah, it was a little legitimate. You couldn't see that coming. The the match itself. Um, it tremendous. The everything and everything in this match works, and everything everybody in this match does their job perfectly. Um, at, at one point, Shane Douglas ejects woman from the arena or from the ringside because she's trying to interfere. He takes a chair away from Cactus. He takes a cane away from Sandman. Um, there's a there's a fun spot where Shane Douglas. I cannot remember why he was distracted, but he was not looking at them. He was distracted by something, and they take that up when he was ejecting woman. Okay, yeah, because they take that opportunity to brawl outside. They want they want to brawl. They want to they want to beat shit out of each other, and so they take that opportunity to have a little brawl outside the ring, and it pops the crowd, and it's almost like the wrestlers versus the referee here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just re- refresh my memory. Um, do you have, by any chance know how long this match actually went, like live? Because it, it, apparently on TV it had to have gone, what, 25? I mean, TV time, it didn't give it the amount of time. But it had to have gone 25, 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But, but TV was about, like, 12? Maybe? Yeah, I think it was probably 12, 12 13, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, like, they were, they were out. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you they were out there for probably a half an hour. And how they cut it, how they cut it all down to a half an hour, man. I guess a lot of it was stalling. So yeah, I can see how that was done. Yeah, I thought it was fun, man. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great match. And even though the building looked crappy on tape and all, the the, the fans were still with it. Mm-hmm. I thought. I mean, it's it's shitty hearing chants from you know a thousand people. You know what I mean? It. It really doesn't really translate well to the to people watching the TV when you hear like 19 people yelling, AC dub. I'm not really getting behind that. <laughs> yeah. Aaron? Well, <clears throat> do we want to talk about the finish? Because I actually like the finish. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I like the fact that they use like the, the, like Shane being the referee. And he used the most like obscure fucking wrestling rule there was to disqualify somebody. With oh, cact- what was that? I forgot. It was cactus not. It was with. It was cactus not breaking the 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 five count, being on the ropes, punching somebody. Like when the wrestling like, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you know, like the referee never gets to five in wrestling, but but Shane was just like one, two, three, four, five. You're disqualified. Like I loved it. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't like an over the top thing. Yeah, it wasn't an over the top thing, but it was a it was right in your face thing. Yeah, but it every was like, wrestling fan at least heard of of don't even know what the rule may even what it even is. <laughs> but when they see the referee count the one, two, three, four, they know they got to break whatever they're doing. And I'm you know what I mean that's, that's fantastic mm-hmm. that you noticed that because I didn't notice that. But, but yeah, I, nobody, I, nobody today I, notices that shit. Yeah, I just love that it was the most obscure rule. It, it was great. Everything about this fucking match was great. Shane started it at the beginning, being um, the balanced referee, and then realized 
that Sandman probably can't beat Cactus. And Shane knows that he can beat Sandman because he's beat him before, but he doesn't know that he can beat Cactus because he's never beat him before. So then he just found the most random shit to disqualify the guy for. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a great fucking story. That's cool, man. I, I'm glad you explained it to me because I, I didn't catch that. Well, after this uh, really good main event, they show us uh, footage of the shows in Florida, and then they show the aforementioned that we mentioned the last time on the show where the Florida fans decided to start throwing chairs in the ring. Or well, they and, were told uh, to. They were probably encouraged. Yeah, I mean, you know, the same people that saw it the last time thought probably, eh. Is what, is what we do down here. Idiots. <laughs> it, it wasn't discouraged, was it? Nope. You, oh, I'm sure it wasn't. You, the, you the public enemy, the public enemy threw themselves into it. Yeah. Nobody was yelling, do not throw chairs into the ring. No. No, they just let them do it. Like, eh. Bob, yeah, Bob Ortiz is not warning the people. <laughs> I can see Bob out there standing in the middle there just dodging chairs. Please stop throwing the chairs. <laughs> the referee is Rocky Ortiz. Bill Molino. He's he's announcing the referees. <laughs> he, he's just like, just, uh, Bob's the best man. I I actually I actually miss going to shows and not seeing Bob. Um I'm not even sure if Bob's still alive today. I'm sure he probably still is. But I used to love hey, like you missed seeing him. I was like, that guy fucking died. Yeah, he can definitely be dead. Uh, um, but I used to miss you going to shows because he would always stop me because he would always tell me how he was one of my favorite people to announce because he would never, he never um, know, he never know where I wanted to be announced from because I would always give him a different place that I was from. Like even I would even say like Argentina. Or whatever, Crocus Venezuela, <laughs> he, and I would say that he like is that what you were yeah 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 yeah, and then yeah. we kind of settled on Evansville, Indiana, and that was a that was an ode to uh you know who that was too. I just figured it was because Memphis went through Evansville. Jeff Osborne, hmm, one of my one of my very first people that I ever traded taste with, like back in the early nineties. Is that Glenn's brother? Glenn Osborne? No, I think it was Ozzy's nephew. That's, that's who I think it was. No, it wasn't Glenn's. <laughs> well, we got through the first episode that we watched this week, so we'll dive into the second episode of ECW, May 23rd, 1995. And you're always going to get a good start on a show when you get to start with a Cactus Jack promo. And I wrote, here we go with some amazing storytelling. Cactus tells us. He's talking about like wiffle ball home runs and all kinds of crazy fucking shit. Yeah, and people. And he's bringing up kids' names, like his buddies, his friends' names when he was a kid. Yeah, that was great, man. It was good stuff, dude. The wiffle ball. Talk about being picked on as a kid. And then he, he kind of brings it full circle into, and then I get into wrestling. And. You know, I go to wrestle and some old guy in the back. Now I've got to deal with bullies and wrestling telling me that no one cares about me. No one cares about my style. And you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30. And that was Flair. I remember. <laughs> well, who was it? 
It was Ric Flair. Of course, it was Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, that's been that's been well documented, like um, from back in the wrestling conventions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was it was. I don't know. Nothing was wrong with that at all. It was fantastic, tremendous told the great story. I love the wiffle ball comparison because every boy, man, child can relate to that at one point in their life. Played wiffle ball and fuck, you know, smashed some old woman's bedroom window by, you know, but, you know done something stupid. So yeah, it's it a great, reliable story. I loved it. And the, what, what Mick Foley's best attribute is, is taking the best thing he ever did. And, and a lot, and with a lot of wrestlers, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Cause Aaron and I have said before, the worst thing Hulk Hogan ever did for his image was that damn reality show and letting down and breaking kayfabe. The best thing, one of the best things Mick ever did to get himself over and connect with the audience was yes, I'm cactus Jack. I wrestle a crazy style. I wrestle like a psycho. I put my body on the line, but here I am as a human being. And and doing that, he gets so. He, do you guys see what I'm saying? Like you connect with him so much. You know, I'm a guy with wife and with a wife and kids. I had a rough. You know, I got bullied when I was a kid, et cetera, et cetera. Just opening himself up like that makes him so much more of a deep character. Yeah, it makes him so much more um, uh, a lovable, and people can relate to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the reason the reason is different between like. Like the reason is difference the the difference between like Cactus doing it and like a Hulk Hogan doing it is because do any of us look like Hulk Hogan? <laughs> I don't know. Well, speak for yourself. But do a bunch of us look like Cactus Jack? <laughs> yeah. No, I look like I look like Hogan. You ain't see, what about Archie? Archie looks like one man. <laughs> Did you, say one, did you say one man gang? Yeah. <laughs> it's Cactus Quake. <Or> earthquake. <laughs> the Butcher. What blows my mind all the time, and you guys brought him up, so it's hard to believe that John Tenta was like 27 when he had that feud with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I just, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought he was in his early 50s. <laughs> he was born with a receding That's- hairline. That's what I thought about Archie when I first met him. And then he was like, oh, I'm younger than you. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I heard he's like 24. How old is that guy? I think he's like 35. 38. I think around 38. <laughs> it's, it's unknown. The truth is out there. Weight unknown. Age unknown. <laughs> Archie Mitchell. Mitchell. And I'm Jim McHugh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Mike, does, Ar- does, does Archie have diabetes? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm just well, thinking about I, him cutting an Ernie Lab promo, and he's like, my foot covers the ground that it walks on. <laughs> it's just his foot. Not my feet. It's my foot. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with diabetes. I don't think it works that way. Uh, you got that he's a foot, but that's okay. Why don't we ask him? He got diabetes, man. Is, <laughs> is that something you reach out to a fellow friend and ask him a question? Like, now nah, you're having a bad time or something. You're going through a lot of things. Hey, man, you got diabetes? I'll ask somebody. 
<laughs> really, you just ask him out of the blue if you got diabetes. Why? What? What would give you the? What would give you the reasoning to do it? Curiosity. Just randomly. Yeah. I right, said so tomorrow when I go to work, the third person that walks up to me with their receipt when I'm when they're standing by the door, I'm gonna go, "Hey, have a nice day. Uh, you have diabetes?" And if they say yeah, just let them take whatever they stole. Uh, I mean, there's no chance of seeing that, and there's no <laughs> chance you're telling you're asking anybody that. Hey man, that was just, I mean, you, you could always say, Hey, look, I'm a college student here. I'm doing a survey and all. And I was just wondering about, you know, no, if you're just going to stop somebody and go, Hey man, you have diabetes. I'd ask somebody that. Why? What interest is it of yours? Curiosity. That's not even a fucking reason. Curiosity. Yeah. Hey, hey ma'am, I'm just wondering if you have diabetes or not. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah, he should be locked up. <laughs> well, back to this, Jack. Back to this ECW show. <laughs> I'm we curious if people have diabetes. <laughs> well, that's your, I don't, you need a hobby. Apparently, the recant wrestle fucking platform is not working out for you. My hobby is finding out how many people I know have diabetes. <laughs> He's got an Excel sheet, <laughs> an Excel spreadsheet on his computer. It's just going to be his gimmick. It's, in, it's entitled, uh, uh, the file name is Glucose. <laughs> Instead of the list of Jericho, it's going to be the list of BDs. <laughs> he, he's just going to go out and just uh, unleash this big scroll of names. Instead of Falco. You're going to call everybody out in the arena by name with diabetes. You, Albert Burns, you have diabetes, sir. You just what? made the list. Yes. Instead of Falco, I'm Dalco, and I'm just like diabetes, diabetes. All right, so an ECW, ECW show. <laughs> yes, so this ECW show after after Joey gives us an intro. After Joey gives us an intro to the show, the tag team of Taz and Nine One One are in action. Against a team entitled the Oriental Connection. Well, I, 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 titled, I titled them Who's That and What the Fuck. <laughs> the one guy looked like his name should be Mime Gone Wrong. It looked like Spellbinder. <laughs> a mini Spellbinder? J- mini Japanese Spellbinder. Japanese spellbinder. <laughs> yeah. A Do little, you guys a, not a know who they were? Harry, Harry Del Rios, wasn't that his name? I had to look up their names. Hiro Hirohushi Ayakidu and Suba Genja. I have no fucking clue who they are. They were um, <laughs> they were the guys from Torimon because this was like during the time where they brought Sasuke in, hmm. and probably uh, probably Grand Hamada, maybe a Grand Naniwa. And these were a couple of the underneath um, Tori Mod guys that I, obviously you guys have never seen Tori Mod. Nope, I, I haven't. It's believe me, people that were there didn't even see it either because it, it it was awful. There was nobody. I have a bunch of it. It was like the it was like the worst level indie Japanese company, but they they their whole entire thing was they they featured gimmicks. 
as you can see. Mm-hmm. You know, that little guy looked like he was Taz kind of thing. Yeah, was kind of a, was kind of a star. <laughs> he was kind of a world beater in that company. You know what I mean? The spell so, yeah. minor act was the fucking champ. Who was? I called him the, like the spells, the spell minors act. Like he looked like fucking spellbinder and Taz had a fucking Ill- illegitimate baby. Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know them two, them two specifically guys personally or anything like that. I just know that that was during the Torimon when they brought the Torimon guys in. Yeah, I mean, that's all they were there for was whatever whatever happened to them <laughs> from Taz. And you saw how that went. Yeah, and that's what I wrote, wrote down here. Um, obviously, this is just a showcase for Taz and nine one one. Taz hits a belly to belly on both of them at the same time. It was impressive. That was super impressive. Yes, dude. How? But 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 look at how easy that was. That's the worst part about it. Is <laughs> that they couldn't have found two smaller people. Um, you know what I mean? Like when he, when he grabbed them together, it basically looked like I don't know. You know, name one big black part. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he grabbed them together, he made a black bar sandwich out of them, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just he just dumped them on their fucking heads. And I'm like, well, what? Anything impressive? But both guys weigh a buck five. Oriental Connection one and plus Oriental Connection two equals black bar. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Well, they like I said, they they eat the double. Uh, the double uh, suplex, and then they also get a couple of choke. Or they both get choke slammed for their trouble. Um, there is a kill the queer sign in the audience. I don't know. Yeah, I love that, that man. That was awesome. The, the minute the fucking Torum, what did you say it was? Torimon. <laughs> yeah. The minute who the fuck and what the fuck got in the ring, the, the ECW crowd immediately started chanting "na na, na na goodbye." Like they knew exactly what this was. It's like they're gonna fucking guzzle these old fucks. Of course, like there's, there's. I mean, or let's be honest, they were sent to the ring first. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were sent to the ring first, and they looked like two fucking boobs with a spoon, and. And they're just standing out there, like just waiting for whoever whoever's gonna come to that curtain to whoop their fucking ass. So, so the ECW crowd was way ahead of that one. Little spellbinder and who the fuck? And they got guzzled. There's nothing else really about it. <laughs> Little spellbinder. He's currently wrestling in Mexico right now. Little I thought he was. Re- I, th- I thought he was wrestling for MLW. Oh yeah, that's Microman. He's my favorite. I'm getting a tattoo of him. Actual size. Yes. Right on the back of my leg pit. Well, after that match, we get a god-awful public enemy segment. Um, They're at a country club playing tennis. No, they're at a park. (laughs) Okay. They're portrayed as being at a country club, club playing tennis. Um. Johnny's playing baseball instead. Like he hits. Yeah, I, I was gonna there. say, I I hated everything about the promo, except for Johnny, fucking just getting a home lob, lobbing that tennis ball out of the fucking out of the park. That was fun. 
But well, they that, were Johnny they, was a baseball player, man. Like that's a shoot. I didn't I didn't even know that. I couldn't I couldn't imagine that guy running bases. Oh, we got you gotta go like twenty five years before that. But like, watching you know, him yeah. watching him lob that fucking tennis ball out of the court, he probably didn't have to run a bunch of bases. He was probably like Babe Ruth. <laughs> he just called it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm putting it over there. Oh Rocco, I'm gonna put it up over there. He's the only baseball player that wore suspenders to keep his trousers up. Good Lord. Well, lo and behold, these guys decide they can't play tennis. They don't want to play tennis. They're going to go to the strip club instead. So Run all that, man. That's your, that's your, that's your public enemy making making a wise decision here. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever agreed with those fat fucks. Yep. They're probably just getting all punishment for their parents. Oh Johnny, I'm sick of looking at your titty. Well, they got they got I just I just love the fact that they walk when they walked around the old town with their old belts on. Like I never thought about that when I was MCW world champion or whatever it is in Maryland. That I never took my belt with me like they did. Walking into establishments. Get out of here. Uh and now every every indie show or convention you go to, there's a bunch of Rubes walking around with their replica championship belts. Those are the people I avoid like the fucking plague. I do not want to talk to a guy that's walking around with an, a replica championship belt. You're how a grown, a, people, you're a grown ass people, man. <laughs> how do these people not know this by now? There ha- they have to listen to podcasts. They have to listen to different shows and have to have heard people like us. Not We don't necessarily make a an agenda out of beating them up, but other people have. How do they not know that they look stupid? You're not the NWA champion. Yeah, I watched. I was, <laughs> I, I, was a, I was at a convention with Nate, and I watched a variety club guy walking around <laughs> the whole time with a fucking goddamn John Cena John Cena spinner belt that had like Christmas lights on it. Like it was illuminated. Was he the same guy that was that was also carrying around the Alexa Bliss doll? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a he fucking was, what a fucking idiot. He was super yeah. fucking retarded. He was wearing one of the Iron Sheik's boots, the loaded boot. And he no, had he the Iron Mike Sharp black thing on his arm too. No, he was wasn't that? even that cool. He was wearing like WWE.com. Yeah, like it wasn't even like original stuff. <laughs> like he had a Le- he had an Alexa Bliss fucking Teletubby doll or whatever she has, and a fucking John Cena belt with Christmas lights on it, and he was walking around like with his chest puffed out, and it's like you're a fucking moron just sit there nobody cares about you no not not even nobody cares about you it's, we don't acknowledge you <laughs> no, don't don't say nobody cares about you because he's got grandparents and other shit like that they probably do but no us as a wrestling community we don't acknowledge you dude you're a boob a foil a ham i mean do we break it down to you a jabroni if you will. Yeah. 
wearing your belt at. But are you going to defend it? Who's the number one contender? Everyone, yeah, that, that should be the thing. Anybody who wears a championship belt that's not a wrestler, anybody that wears a championship belt to a convention, you should you should be able to you should be allowed to legally allowed to challenge them for it. <laughs> every every time, like Nate and I would be talking, and then that guy would walk by, and Nate would be like, "Hey man, are you having a good time?" And then he'd just see my face go like, like mad. And then he knew that fucking Rube was walking by. He's like, oh, Bill got this. <laughs> it is. Like, you fuck. Like, Dude, they're, they're the fucking worst. I, I can't even imagine who thinks it's a great idea. Like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to tell my wife, hey, Jess, I'm getting ready to order this replica belt. That, uh, uh, whatever. And then what are you going to do with it? You know, I'm going to wear, wear it. I'm going to wear it to Walgreens. <laughs> I'm going to wear it to North Point. I'm going to wear it when we go to dinner all the time. <laughs> to go, why? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> I'm the champ. The I'm world champ. The world gonna, champ gets good seats. I'm going to walk into Captain D's. Our poster's going to go off first because I'm wearing the belt. <laughs> you're you're going to set off the alarms? <laughs> the, metal, the metal detectors are going to go beeping. Like you stole some stuff from fucking fine jewelry. They don't have Captain D's in Maryland. What? Captain D's? Captain D's. I don't even know what that is. Captain D's nuts? No, it's a shitty seafood place that they have here. It's like a Long John Silver's. No. No, in Maryland, we have like real seafood. Actual seafood. I figured. Yeah. But here, here, you go into like a Captain D's and it's like a shitty seafood place. And they fried, take fried fish, right? Yeah, and, and they tell you to go sit the after they take your order, they go sit the fuck down, and then you go sit the fuck down, and they give you this fucking thing that looks like a coaster, and they're like, when your order's up, your coaster will vibrate, and then you get back up and come and get your shit. Tell your girlfriend to put the coaster in her, in her pocket. You can put it in your pocket, or you can put it on the table. <laughs> the, the coaster vibrates. But then when the coaster goes, bah, 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 you're like, okay, my fucking hush puppies are ready. I guess I'm going to get up and go get them now. Jesus, I, I hope you don't work in retail fucking food anymore. I've never worked in retail food. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like you should. God. How do, how do you know the, the, inter, the intricate workings of Long John Silver's over there, by the way? Because I have to eat it. We, we don't even have them here in Maryland. Well, you got crabs behind you. You're good. Here we don't. We're landlocked. We we have real crabs. We don't have Long John Silver's. Well, we're landlocked bullshit. here. It's Pollock. It's not even crab. It's Pollock. Jeez. And now because of this derailed train, our water's probably <laughs> poisoned. So we're all going to die anyway. Um, After recap, some recap championship <laughs> wrestling... Joey talks about how they just had the three match series, three nights, three matches between Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. The first Nate, night you know about the vibrating coaster. Yes. The first night uh, Guerrero retained his title, but the second night Malenko won the TV title. And then the third night Malenko was able to uh, fend off the challenge from Eddie. So now <laughs> Dean Malenko is once again, the TV champion. I don't know if they're going to show us any of these matches or not. I hope they do. I would have rather watched all of that than what we saw. No, they probably won't because 
if you remember during the um, ECW home video thing, like the Guerrero Malenko Classic was one of the first tapes that they released. Like as a as a whole, as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So they're probably just going to show you um, the highlights. Yeah. Of um, you know, to make you want to buy the tape. I don't think well, they show you any matches, honestly. When when uh, they come back from talking about that, uh, Raven and Stevie Richards are in the ring awaiting their opponents, but Shane Douglas comes out first to introduce the troubleshooting referee, and it is the ECW debut of one Bill Alfonso. And I kind of got lost here, not because... What they were doing wasn't interesting, but because the sound, the, some of they what were they terrible. were saying, I couldn't make out. So I don't know what, essentially the story, Aaron, did you catch it better than I could as far as the whole, they'll shut the place down or whatever? I just, I don't know. With him and Todd? With Yeah, with Todd Gordon and Shane Douglas. What they did was Shane Douglas said that he went to um, the State Athletic, State Athletic Commission and asked for a troubleshooting referee to enforce the rules of ECW. And Alfonso was the one they sent him. And then Todd Gordon comes out and tries to say that um, Alfonso doesn't have any um, authority authority to shut down ECW. (coughs) But what Alfonso's gimmick is that he isn't necessarily in charge of ECW. He's in charge of, he's the, he's the point man for the commission so he can shut down the building, which would essentially shut down ECW. Yeah. His gimmick was, his gimmick was that he worked for the Pennsylvania state athletic commission. So I I don't run your promotion, but I run the commission that's allowing you to run. Yep. Pretty much. That was the beginning. That was the, one of the best things that ever happened to ECW right there. So Bill Alfonso is here, and he's going to be the referee of a tag match. It's Tommy Dreamer and Mikey Whipwreck against Stevie Richards and Raven. Um, hey, just, whatever. Just, just, a side, just a side note, a real quick side note on the Fonzie mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't there for this, for this event, um, but the next event that I was there for that Fonzie was at, like, I specifically remember that I went out of my way to, to walk up to him and be like, dude, like, the magazines that I have <laughs> with pictures of you in it, you know, like, he, he was somebody that you didn't even know that you knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look back at wrestling and you think of your childhood and be like, oh, you know, Dusty or, you know, all these other guys. But when you when you, when you you realize, oh, my God, it's Bill Alfonso, you know, and when Bill out there gives him credit and the thing is, you know. As Bill off, like, dude, uh, and he literally was like, "Yeah, hey, daddy, you know, that, that that's cool and all, thank you." But I just didn't realize at the time that he's been cracked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of was like, I was kind of like, man, this is like a childhood idol and all, but he's smoking crack. Oh, he got to start. He got to start in Florida, didn't he? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I mean, like he was like fucking. I don't even think he was eighteen. I think he was 16 when Dusty fucking started making him um, carrying bags and putting the ring together and then refereeing and, and shit like that. Like, I know a lot. I think I know more about Fonzie than he does. <laughs> Especially at this point. 
Yeah, okay, clearly. Wasn't he the guy that like climbed up to the top of a fucking supermarket counter and threw himself off of it to get fucking insurance money? I don't know anything about that, man. You might want to retell that story. He did what? I'm pretty sure he faked a fucking injury in a supermarket because he needed to get surgery on something, so he pretended he got. Oh, all right, that, that's all you got to say. Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty I, sure it's him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either way, but I'm definitely buying that story. <laughs> yeah, oh, Bill Alfonso faked some kind of injury. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. But um, do you guys have any stupid shit to talk about before we get in this fucking match? No, this match is stupid shit. No, I actually like this match. There, 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 there's a cool thing that happens in this match, in my opinion. So, let me see. Did I write down anything cool? Like, I, I don't, I, I get what they were trying to do. You know, Dreamer won't, ta- Dreamer won't pin Richards because he wants to pin Raven. I get that, it. That, that's not even what I'm talking about. And then also, Raven no-sells all of Mikey's shit in this match. He doesn't. Not, not at the start. At the, well, at the start, he does. What Raven does cool is that he no-sells Mikey at the beginning, but then Mikey starts hitting him with some shit. And, like, when Mikey ends up hitting him with that Hudakan Rana, then Raven pops up and starts fighting Mikey. That was that's what was actually cool about it was that the beginning of it, the Raven character doesn't give a fuck about Mikey and isn't do doesn't care about him at all. But then Mikey starts hitting him with shit and then he starts selling it and working with it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally agree because um, like midway through Scotty starts putting Mikey over. Right. I mean, he, he starts being in the right place at the right time. For all the all the spots, and at the beginning it was like a you know like you said it was kind of like a brawl kind of thing, and then all of a sudden, Ravens all of a sudden right there in the corner to catch the head scissors, that you know <laughs> to take this that then then back up to the corner to take this spot and do that. Yeah, it was great. I thought I thought Ravens was fine. Yeah, like I I liked I liked like I said I liked in the about the middle of it the Ravens character, like I said at the beginning thought little of Mikey, but right in the middle started looking at him as like, ah, oh, this guy's I underestimated that guy. Mm-hmm. But that's the real that's the realism of wrestling. Yeah. That's the I realism was... of anything. If you yep. ever bullied somebody and you bullied them to the fact that you know you could fuck them up, but that guy just actually slapped you one time and you go, oh shit. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and that's and that like when Joey Styles, when you hear the story about how Joey Styles slapped the piss out of JBL. <laughs> no, I don't think I heard that story. I'm sure I did none too well, right? <laughs> I mean, no, actually, I think, it was, I think it was JBL. No, I think it was JBL. I believe. I'd have to look it up. I'm pretty sure there was somebody that was that was kind of bullying Joey Styles in WWE. It was JBL. Okay, that's, I thought so. That's how Joey... In WWE, got named Stocky Balboa because um, they went, <laughs> they went overseas to that. Uh, yes, yes. They they went overseas on that that uh, what what do they call it? Overseas. Well, no the the fucking trip <laughs> to the troops. 
they went to tribute to the troops <laughs> and, and and they said all the guys were out there and and JBL needed to find somebody to fuck with so he decided to fuck with Joey and he fucked with Joey for like two days and Joey had enough of it and he just ended up fucking nailing JBL in the face and JBL was not expecting to get punched in the face <laughs> and was like holy shit this fucking guy just hit me and kind of backed off and everybody was like Joey's a fucking hero and they started calling him Stocky Balboa because he fucking that, that sucks that JBL backed off dude because if you know if I want to be portrayed as a badass like he wanted to be portrayed as a badass should have beat the shit out of Joey Styles <laughs> like you know, you know, let him slap you but just punch him back in his fucking face like that just speaks volumes. What do you mean you just back down after the little guy slapped you? Like that's the end of the movie? Like you know what I mean? That, that's it? What? That's crabby. Drag him out of the bus, beat him up in front of people, so they can all, you know they can all see it, so you can establish your credibility again. Fuck yeah! I would have drug him down to a supermarket and beat him up right there in the, right at, the, at the exit sign. Right in front of the <laughs> yeah, let everybody that's walking out of this place know I'm beating the shit out of this fucking dude. But uh, Bradshaw just said, "Nah, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Michael Cole slap me." <laughs> Joey Styles. Oh, I mean, whatever. I'm Michael Cole. It's, it's, the, it's the same, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you side by side, can you really? I don't think so. Well, in the finish of this match, Tommy Dreamer finally gets his hands on Raven, and uh, Bill Alfonso uh, disqualifies him for using a closed fist. Um, and uh, he he tells Tommy, you know, to back off. No more. The match is over. No more contact. And Shane Douglas is trying to urge Tommy Dreamer to go after Raven because he's trying to get ECW shut down. Essentially, is his motive here. Um, and then uh, Cactus Jack comes out. And uh, he pretty much tells Shane Douglas to go away. Nobody wants you here. And uh, they get into an they get into a little brawl themselves, and that's how the show goes off the air. Um, summing it up, did you guys have any notes on that there? After I've summed it up, that there that there moment. Oh, um, I just thought I was watching the same show that I've already watched. <laughs> that's what I got out of the whole entire thing. I was like, wait a minute, I just watched all this, but yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was all right. I, mean, I thought it was decent. I still give it a fucking solid D plus. Yeah. I just think like like that match ended kind of like the last main event ended or whatever. You, you know what I mean? Like with the clench fist thing. I I like the fact that they're going for it with a lot of stories, but I just think right now the 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 main thing is the Shane cactus feud that's the best thing they got going but it's it's getting a little boring all right that's very very interesting because i don't think we've even scratched the surface yet have we uh nate with the this feud well they are they're gonna wrap it up i think within it'll be it'll be essentially within two ecw arena shows because I'm pretty sure Shane Douglas vignettes start on WWF TV in July. And we're yeah, in that's May. 95, right? Yeah, yeah, and we're in and, May. 
and and that's what I'm saying. Like, if I was watching it in real time, I'd probably be cool with it. But knowing what I know, I'm just yeah, I, right. I'm kind of not invested in Shane now because I know he's fucking leaving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to get into uh, its credibility and get behind him. I understand. I mean, that's what you said. That's knowing what you know now. Yeah. But look at looking at it then. I mean, it, Cactus to me was always um, even working there. Cactus to me was always, you know, what I always said was sometimes you, you didn't know where, you know, I saw him working for everybody, you know, right. You never know where he was going to turn up at, you know, and there's a good chance he could have shown up at WCW, you know, on any given whatever Thursday night or whatever they taped or, or even WWE. Yeah. So I can totally see where. You know, it was kind of hard put the eggs in, in the in the jack basket, correct? Yeah. But I mean, but with Shane, Shane, Shane the same way, moving out. He's moving out. It's gonna be the biggest mistake of his life, but he doesn't know it yet. Well, we all saw it. <laughs> Boy, was that a stinker, huh? <laughs> yeah. I think I think everybody back in the day before we even had like smartphones that still had the ability to text somebody just probably texted O O F F. Oof. Dean Douglas. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, Dean, yeah, Dean Douglas. I, I actually Eric? remember where I, I, I remember where I was at when I when I saw the first vignette. I was at a bar at like eleven o'clock in the morning when they had a syndicated show came on. And I couldn't hear it. And I, I asked the lady to put the, the channel on, and she put it on, and I saw Shane, and I just went, oh, this is not good for business. <laughs> you know, this, this is not going to end well. If your two jobs are working for Vince McMahon, the WWF, and Target, <laughs> and, and Target was better, you made the wrong yeah, well, good thing I don't work for Target. It's like, do I have to do I have to push these carts, or or help push Scott Hall? It's like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I don't think you're pushing Scott Hall anymore. <laughs> I think next ship has sailed. I'm just saying, in '95, like if you're, it, I gotta. I got to put over this two for one sale that we have. Or I got to put over Scott. Well, I probably put over a two for one sale. I don't think I ever put over Scott Hall. He's still my bold. Fuck him. (laughs) Not a big fan. Uh, we're gonna put a bow, a bow, not a bowl, but a bow on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron, any parting words for our listeners this week? Yeah, just listen to all the shows on the network and thanks for listening. This is the best one and we appreciate it. And give us five star reviews. Fuck yeah, like a like an Uber. Ratings and all that shit. I don't Fuck understand yeah. how ratings and star reviews work, but it pushes us up whatever um platform it, you listen it to. It does nothing. It pushes us up. More five star ratings pushes us up. I know there's that. An, yeah, there's an algorithm involved in yeah. At least on Apple. On Apple, it does. Um, Mr. Austin, any parting words for this week? Yeah. Don't forget to go check out uh, Chad's Video Vault. 
I just uploaded a whole bunch of new stuff, new content that's going to be available for you fucking Rube's money. Two dollars of fucking tape. Just buy it. And also, I'm going to when I when I when I go to work tomorrow, I'm buying that fucking Anna J figure, and they're they're gonna find the fucking the shell of the bathroom men's bathroom, and they ain't gonna find a doll with it. it I figure I, that's the closest I'm gonna get to it. <laughs> I'm gonna do some god awful things to the Anna J doll. Who's Anna J? The girl from fucking AW. I'll look. Her you know, up. she's on like Thursday mornings. I don't know. I'll look her up. I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's on like she's on like after Dynamite Dark exclusive whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not on you. It's they, now they have a show on Twitch or something. You know, it's not yeah. like YouTube. Got... <laughs> well, <laughs> have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week when we continue reliving the extreme.